You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. You don't know about the, the other side of the pyramid? The fifth side? It's called the floor, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure he realizes there is a fifth side of the pyramid. And I believe none of them, which makes me an expert. Well, let's go ahead and do this. Hello, everyone. This is Chris with the Cryptid Conspiracy Cult. Uh, again, uh, I'm here with uh, my host, Quinn. How's co-host. it going? Um, today, we'll be covering probably one of the most timeless touchstone cults of all time, the People's <laughs> Temple. Uh, it is a cultural touchstone, I think, uh, and yeah. the idea of what a cult can be and how far it goes uh do you, what do you uh information wise uh how do you uh, know about the people's temple well and for, Jim jones for for one thing they killed a u.s senator yeah. <laughs> um yeah. for but to kind of go down the nitty-gritty i mean i know about them kind of leaving the u.s starting their own commune more mm-hmm. or less uh of course you know the flavor aid because we can't afford kool-aid, Kool-Aid. Um, that whole concept, but there was also a movie made, uh, within the last 10, 15 years that was kind of a, kind of like a telltale fictional account of the Jonestown I massacre. I think I know you're talking about where the guys, they grow down to South America and they got a camera. Yeah. And the dude looks exactly like the main antagonist looks exactly like Jim yeah, Jones. Their friend, their friend is like helping run it. Yes. The girl, she's yeah. helping run it. And she's been there for like a few months. They're like uh, a film students that want to make a documentary. Yeah, I'm I, trying to remember the name of that because I remember that was on uh, Shutter for the longest time. And then I'm I, shocked I, you know about it. Yeah, I saw I saw it. Uh, I saw it on one of the streaming services because I was just because I love just going to the, the shitty. You reassure me that I'm not having fever dreams when I see yeah. these films. Like yeah, that makes we, me so happy. Yeah, a while ago we were talking about the movie Shoot 'Em Up with yeah. with fucking Paul Giamatti and Clive Owen. Like, yeah, it is. kills a man with a carrot. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> You'll be great on our on our episode about underrated movies. <laughs> I, I hope so, man. Tell me you know the Rain of Fire movie. Christian Bale with my name. <laughs> yeah. That was the one thing I was like, oh shit, he's got my name. Yeah, it's got a fucking shit ton of famous people in that movie. And it, it went under the rug, which I never understood. Gerard Butler's in that movie. Yes, he is. I totally forgot he was in that movie. Matthew yeah. McConaughey's in that fucking movie. Wait, what? He's the He's the American. That runs oh it. fuck yeah he's like we we're coming down a field in kentucky and the sun sat it down and that's when i caught his ass and i was just like <laughs> that is matthew mcconaughey just a beard a fucking vest t- tribal tattoos all it's just... missing is the bongo drums at the waist yes. yeah, the bongo drums, yeah. <laughs> but uh, with, with jonestown i knew that they had kind of turned into an isolationist thing uh the u.s senator had come down to visit and assess what was going on to kind of get an idea for it um you know the infamous footage of the camera crew being killed at the runway mm-hmm. And you just seeing cult members firing rounds into the plane. Yeah, so uh, this all drives from the People's Temple, a short little history about Jim Jones. Uh, Jim Jones uh, was raised in a, a Pentecostal-type church setting, which is a bit big in faith healing. Down here, we know them as snake handlers, uh, people who believe in their faith in God cannot harm them. Uh, thus the snakes, actually. Um, 
Makes because sense. that's actually a verse from the from the book they they pull for is that the serpent cannot harm me for I have faith in the Lord and that's why they handle snakes and then they get bit in the fucking neck. <laughs> yeah. Well, nowadays they take their fucking teeth out and do a fucking circus show with them. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, how, that's how it used to be back in the day. You'd have this old white guy, fucking stark white hair, handling fucking timber rattlers and shit <laughs> in your goddamn face. And it's just like, oh, fucked off with that shit. How'd they even find that snake? Yeah, they found it out back. <laughs> but, like, so he, he was part of the Pentecostal um, church going forward. Uh, and then he uh, ran across the Seventh-day Adventists, uh, which um, actually, in the, in the broad strokes, um, most... Most of the cults we talk about in the United States, Christian-like cults, were former Seventh-day Adventists because of you know the totality of tent preaching they do. Yeah, um, like they're not in one set. Uh, so a version of this is tent preaching. Uh, end of days. Uh, David Koresh was a Seventh-day Adventist before he created the Branch Davidians. Um, actually, uh, Heaven's Gate. Uh, AJ Applewhite had uh, had experiences with the Seventh Day Adventists at one time, and it was another Doomsday cult too. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a big one in Georgia. I forget the name of it, but they had predicted the end of the world like four times. And Hill Kids is another one. Well, they're not Kids. quite as religious. Mormon, but they're Mormon based, actually. More, that's okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. So the, uh, then you had Um Shunrikyo, which took a lot of stuff from Buddhist, Taoists, and Christians. I, I'm amazed you you brought that up too because I was just learning about them uh, about a week ago, and I was. My mind was blown. Yeah, and uh, all these religions have their faith, have their hands in kind of like media productions and stuff like that. Not yeah. so much as like Scientology or the, <laughs> or the Catholic Church, but um, they do tell a story uh, that a, per, a pernition from the Bible of the end of days. Uh, that's what they're hoping for. They're hoping that the rapture will happen. They will ascend up and or stay on Earth and defend it for the Lord. And I find that kind of fascinating. Um, that it's a religion of doom. Constantly. Constantly. Uh, David Koresh, uh, very, very later on, took a lot of pages out of Jim, uh, Jim Jones's book. Yeah. Um, when it came to building his own religion. Uh, and what, what I've, what's fascinating about, about Jim Jones is he takes the most abrupt approach to the Christian, uh, the Christian like ideology, which is help thy neighbor, the golden rule is very repentant on that one. Um, another version of this is social social equality on a grander scale. Yeah. Because uh, what people don't, some people don't realize is uh, Jim Jones had relied on uh, communist, local communist, socialist, uh, very liberal type people uh, because his church was so ethnically diverse. Yes. Uh, so much like some of the churches we see down south. In that poor areas, white and blacks are in Baptist churches. Bap- Baptist religion is huge down here. Yeah. Um, uh, and you, you're from, you know, you're from up north, so you had a lot of Episcopalians, Catholics. C- uh, Catholicism is really like more out there, like more prevalent. Um, I mean, it's same. big in West Virginia, actually. That's really strange. I would not think that. I would think it would be more, you know, uh, Pentecostal or even Baptist. And going into like the conspiracy, why Catholicism is big in West Virginia is because of all the Italians. That moved to West Virginia once a family member is imprisoned. and the Irish that moved there too. Well, the, the, a lot of it is the prison system. Uh, you know, after the fall of certain mobsters, they're been sent to state prisons. They're sent to federal yeah. max prisons in West Virginia, so it's easier to live there and drive 
you know, uh, like two hours to go see your loved one yeah. instead of like eight. Uh, we've said it before, but a famous uh, a famous mobster had died in West Virginia, uh, Whitey Bulger. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, so, so it is kind of a territorial thing for these for religions to pop up in certain places. Uh, I grew up in a Baptist church, um, but I, I went to every one of them growing up. Um, not because of my parents, because as I got older, I just would go to friends' right. houses, and they'd be like, "Hey, we're going to church. Do you want to come?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure. Why not?" I, I was the same way. I um, my, I was raised uh, Catholic, but when my parents split, my father he got married, um, and my stepmother Baptist. So yeah. we would go to Baptist churches, Catholic. I, there was a couple of times I went to more of like Seven Day Adventists because of a friend of mine. Yeah. Um, I've met Mormons in my time too. I was seeing a girl for a short period of time while I was in high school that came from a family of Mormons. So it was really, you know, kind of got the best of all worlds. Yeah, I was I was fortunate enough to go to a Baptist church my great grandpa had. That's cool. I, um, he couldn't read. What? Wow. Uh, he didn't know how to read, but he knew the Bible in every verse, like the back of his hand. Wow. There are a lot of people like that who know every verse and don't read. Just retaining verbal information. Of course. That's and, fascinating. Wow. And um, he ran a church in uh, 7th Street Baptist Church uh, in Statesville, North Carolina. It was a very small church, uh, probably about 16 pews altogether. Wow, that's small. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was... It was neat. It was a neat little place to go to when you were a kid. Uh, we ended up going into another Baptist church because my dad would grew up that way um, in Taylorsville, North Carolina. Um, but there was a church out that way uh, called Mount Nebo, which is a reference to Mount Nebo in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the cooler ones. Everybody <laughs> was everybody was cool with each other except for this one time. They weren't cool, and that's why we left. Uh, a guy had a, a mixed wife, and everybody kind of didn't like that shit are you serious yeah wow. yeah everybody like it was one of those things where it was like an all-white church oh no but you didn't think it was all white because of like that's just the demographic of living out in the sticks it no this guy had a black wife and everybody wasn't cool with that shit Assholes. and i wasn't cool with a lot of people there either no I, didn't, I wasn't feeling it like i just i literally sat there and was listening to what they said and that was it. I retained the information, but I didn't feel saved or anything like that. Yeah, no. I think that pisses a lot of people off when you say that shit. Like, hey, don't you, don't you, don't you want to be saved? No, not really. I listened. It just fucking sucked. Yeah. Fire and brimstone, brother. Hell yeah. <laughs> Christ, I think that got old, you know, in 1640. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Load the gun. Pass the ammunition. Right I feel you, bro. I feel you. And I think a lot of people like, like Jim Jones is able to harp on that a little bit. People who don't... Especially... In the time that the People's Temple was around, which is from 1954 to 1978, um, which is a very long time for a cult to still be prevalent from the mid-50s all the way to the late 70s, almost going into the 80s. Yeah, it's almost a quarter of a century. Yeah, and um, and what's crazy is the, he, had used, he had used the teachings of Jesus Christ as a, yeah. as a base to create a you know more racial ideology. Which was, you know, blacks, whites, Hispanics, Asians, everyone was part of Jonestown. Uh, and they kind of went from, from like this big church out from Indiana. And he would spout some stuff that was kind of fiction when it came to who's a member of the People's Temple. He had made statements like Lyndon Johnson was part of the People's Temple, but no, Lyndon Johnson is a 
Baptists from Texas. Yeah. But yeah, I guess because the People's Temple said it was the People's Temple of Baptists, Episcopalians, Pentecostals, you know, all that. Like wow. he said, he said the branch or like the the tree of the People's Temple devolves into all the other Christian Abrahamic religions. It's kind of like in a way a non-denominational non church. Yeah that's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And he was able to carry that status for a very long time. Uh, there are some stories uh, that come out of the before they went to Guyana just to build up uh, some stuff because he's a faith healer. That's another thing about Jim Jones. People, I guess, didn't realize was that he would lay hands on you, and you know he would heal you through the power of Christ, and that that's big in the Seventh Day Adventist Church. Yeah, I remember actually there because they also do the thing where it's like casting out demons or speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues. The whole I, I, you'll see videos of it with death metal music over it of like a pastor just putting his hand out and the crowd yeah. falls back. Yeah, there's there's a lot of difference between that and what you see on television. Yeah, um, on television like Sunday TV preachers are basically scammers. Oh yeah, send me your money and God yeah, will it's, love it's you. It's called a seed faith. And seed faith is really kind of unique because it is a grifting scam. Um, I'll send you uh, a great person that does this is um, Joel Olstein. Uh, huh. Joel Olstein is like the tippy top when it comes to ratting off people in Texas. Um, <laughs> of course, I love I love the story of the plumber that went to his house and knocked a hole in his wall to fix the floor, and money came pouring out because he had kept money in the wall. All right, he took a page out of Escobar's book. Fuck yeah. And like, I'm just thinking, you got money to put in the walls, motherfucker? <laughs> the walls are built with money. Yeah. Like I use dollar, dollar bills as insulation. All my pipes are gold because I melted down my jewelry. Yeah. And like, you know, you got you got so many more. I could just rattle off like Creflo Dollar. It was big. Yeah. A couple of, like his name is literally Creflo Money. <laughs> uh, Pat Robertson, too, had his, had his own little thing, too. Matt Robertson. And then you had Tammy Faye Baker. Oh, my and his, God. And her husband, which is a very unique story about uh, Jim Baker and his wife, uh, he actually got scammed. Uh, wow, he got the scammer scammed. got scammed. Yeah, but it was a, it was a very like back alley deal he had with uh, this guy from the uh, Liberty College in Virginia, and it's kind of a unique story because I almost went to Liberty College. Uh, I, I applied for it and got accepted. And I was just like, oh, no, I can't afford this. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I'm good. That's too rich for my blood. It is. It's fucking expensive to go to Liberty College because they raise Fox News analysts and, <laughs> and preachers. <laughs> like, God damn, how am I supposed to compete with that? Dude, they'll kick a girl out for being pregnant. I swear to God, that's, that's in their charter. Oh, fuck, dude. It's one of those places. Like, yeah, it's, shit, it's Virginia, man. It's a oh, shithole. Wow. Wow. You know, for lovers? Yeah. For lovers, until you get pregnant. <laughs> yeah, until you get pregnant. Get the fuck out of here. And, you know, Jim Jones pulls a lot of his stuff from a more, ideas, I guess, idealistic version of Jesus, which was the uh, share with everyone. Which, you know, these are these are socialist teachings in, in, in a political aspect. Yes. A lot of them is, you know, pulling away from older, older teachings of Christianity. Um that don't get mentioned as much. So another version of this is statistically preachers are less likely to read out of the book of Luke because the book of Luke teaches us that God is in your heart and no need for a structure to buy, to appease Christ. Gotcha. Yeah. So it kind of says you don't really need a church. And in other words, I'm out of money. I'm out of my business. Like, like in most cases, like, I, don't, I don't need to go to church. To yeah. Be, to be 
say they'd be lot, shooting themselves in the foot yeah and a lot of people don't use that catholics especially don't use the book of luke no i i cannot recall a single time it's always paul peter um matthew matthew and that's and of course you know john, john and then maybe one time i did have a book of revelations i'm reading it but it was only like one passage um revelations Revelations is the uh, about madman. <laughs> that shit's just like Mad Max right there. It's like a fever dream. It's, it's like shit. it's God of War in biblical form. Yeah, <laughs> he uses that. Jim Jones uses that as a part of unity. He's like, look, you know the, and you got to think about what's going on in the seventies, uh, the late fifties and sixties is the, the idea of nuclear war. Yeah, because you know the Cold War is you know doesn't, doesn't stop until eighties. And so you're you're in the you're in the tight zone in the fifties with the with the American war effort from Korea, the loss in Vietnam. You know, he's he's pulling a lot of people in from these backgrounds who don't who don't feel who feel left out as part of America. And I think that's kind of goes into what cults are. They supply a uh, a place of being for a lot of people. You could be a part of something bigger than yourself. It's kind of like yeah. how some guys will fall into like the uh, the neo-Nazi groups or the, the, the supremacist groups that are yeah. throughout society. Disenfranchised youth trying to find a place to belong. Yeah. Uh, the brother vineyard theory. <laughs> the brother vineyard. But you're not, you're not wrong though. That's the <laughs> uh, fucked up thing. Uh, and the brother vineyard theory, if you don't know this, just watch American History X about two times in a row and you kind of figure out what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, but it's kind of how it would work in a situation like with people constantly seeing tragedy, you know, people mm. seeing uh, coming out of the McCarthy era, coming out of nuclear, with the nuclear threat, um, American pride being so far down. It's yeah. like you don't really feel like you have any home at this point. Yeah. And I think a very unique version of this is this like, so a lot of these people first in the Midwest have been going to church as children forced to go. Yep. They don't really want to be there. There may be some type of action being done against them and yeah. undermine their parents. You know, like people hurt children all the time. And you got this guy with sunglasses on inside being very cool with everybody. He's shaking the hands of black parishioners. He's allowing, you know, Latinos to be mixed in with, you know, white Christians yeah. in, in a in a very public place. Yeah. And they're actually doing a lot of social work. They're doing a lot of uh, community outreach stuff. They did they uh, did a lot of uh, community like they they would have like open kitchens and everything yeah. too quite often. Like they'd feed their their community. And they're and you know, that's one thing you don't really hear about when these kids grow up in the 50s and 60s and 70s it's like we didn't do a lot of that no that's way that's way ahead of its time in terms of uh, political stance too and they're very they're very anti-capitalist they said greed has driven away the Lord stuff like that that was part of one of his sermons was the belief that you know money corrupts absolutely which is true you know money yeah. corrupts everybody uh, a good example of this is the Catholic Church spent four million dollars in Kansas recently to try to ban abortion <laughs> And they lost. That worked. And four million dollars just kind of disappeared. Money well spent. <laughs> probably helping a homeless person or trying to do you know uh, catching rapists. Yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> right. No, no, no. At that point, that's hush money. Plane, plane tickets to Nicaragua. <laughs> we need to hide Cardinal Francis and Cardinal. <laughs> they had something go a little south in South America. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't play that fucking game down there. They cut your fucking hands off. Yeah, for real. But um. <laughs> They have to send uh, SEAL Team Alpha, and I'm like, "Who's SEAL Team Alpha?" It's Catholics, as much as Catholics. It's all Catholics, and they all have their hands. <laughs> it's very discouraging. They, they, they have they use shurikens that are in the shape of a crucifix. Yeah, and uh, you know, can you imagine? You know, 
being a Catholic in one of these towns and seeing this kind of outreach and stuff like that, like I'm just as a perspective point of seeing someone like Jim Jones, who's you know working with his community, he's welcoming everybody under the sun, yeah, and his tiny church, and it's always packed. You know, people are going in and out of it like it's an unemployment office because he was helping people. He was also doing terrible things to people as well. Um, he was sexually advancing on men and women. Uh, well, I didn't know about the. I knew there was a lot of um, sexual assault cases with women. I didn't know about men. I didn't. I had never heard that until and now. It, it's very limited stories on the men part, but there are men who said, "Hey, this guy would invite us into his church, get us real close, and oh my. he would try to be with my wife, and then he would try to be with me." Oh my and god! It's very, it's a very unique story of Jim Jones that doesn't get brought out a lot. Uh, I think it because it's just overshadowed by the mass suicides, of course, and uh, mass murder. <laughs> um, and that's that's another topic of actually. Uh, of insanity is you know is it mass suicide or is it coercion of mass murder um and you kind of deal into the limits but going into it you can't really do nothing because he already did he killed himself yeah well he died he had someone shoot him. Jeez. he didn't even drink the flavory that's what gets me yeah all this flavor is going to waste jesus christ <laughs> it wasn't cheap it's five cents a pack you know he didn't put sugar in it too you know? <laughs> damn this shit's better cheap <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> So, have you heard the story? All right. So, there's a lot of stories about Jim Jones, uh, a lot of uh, sexual, you know, predator type stuff. Uh, but there's also the the White Knights um, thing he would do. He would. So he had tried to mass suicide a bunch of people in the church beforehand. Yes. Uh, so I remember as, as a about test, that. Uh, he asked everyone to drink so they could all meet God, and it was a test. And he did it, you know, Saddam Hussein couldn't have done it better. Yeah, really. And he looked across the aisles, he looked across the pews and said, who didn't drink their goddamn drink? Because <laughs> they know he's not, they're not faithful. And, you know, they've got to be down with the fucking system. There was one sip missing from this room. <laughs> yes. And, you know, they all drank it and he was able to target which ones, which is very, very uh, interesting way of finding your, not really enemy, but lost in faith people. And he would yeah. have these like one on ones with fucking carrot people, and it's just like this is very fucking weird. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think a lot of his stuff got cut because of the interracial religion that he was doing. He was, you know, promoting um, healthcare through the church. He was promoting uh, social justice. He had funds put in for parishioners who were being arrested. Wasn't he also heavily involved in the civil rights movement too he was. for a while? He was. And that's what gives him uh, later on when he goes to San Francisco and he's able to expand his church for 300, that's right. about 300 more members. And this is where it kind of gets kind of funny because by the time he reaches San Francisco uh, around 75, the hippie movement is in full swing. Mm-hmm. And you have these new age gurus are coming in. You have these people who are starting, you know, communes out in the fucking woods. Yeah. Uh, your Mansons had just been tried for murder in 71. Yep. Um, and there's, you know, a lot of trepidation on cults. Uh, there's actually a great storyline of a, of a famous deprogrammer and how he got into the game. Um, and he became a deprogrammer for the rest of his life afterward because his son got snatched up by a Christian-based cult. Jesus. Uh, and they wouldn't let him leave. And so he rolled up on that joint and fucking took his kid and left. Damn right. Locked him in a fucking hotel room for three for three days. And just worked him and down. Worked him. And he had no experience doing it, and then he decided to get in that business. A, I can't I, remember his name offhand, but damn, he was... It's on Drunk History if you want to watch it. Of course. That's the best series. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
The Dolly Parton one is fucking hilarious. That one or the uh, the Puritan one fucking cracked me up. Just because oh, yeah. uh, she just straight up goes, they had they didn't even give her a fucking grave, but they have a grave for Jim fucking Morrison. Like yeah. I was like, God damn, dude, Jim Morrison's great. Like why, why the hate? Oh God, I share a name with that piece of shit. <laughs> God, piece of shit. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I I can't agree, but I can't disagree either. Yeah. He died in France. <laughs> wasn't even here. Yeah, fuck you, fucking not American. Goddamn draft dodging hippie. You draft dodging hippie. <laughs> Go hang out with Ted Nugent, you fuck. That would be an interesting duo. Oh, another ball buster. <laughs> he was a fucking chicken hawk. Shit his pants to get out of the draft. That's awesome. Yeah, and then bitches when no one wants to join the military. And so, like, uh, another part of Jim Jones's like overarching story is the way he was able to advance very quickly within the church. So there are a lot of parallels between Jim Jones and David Koresh, where he's catching in age gaps in promotion. So when you think of age gaps, like let's say let's say you go to work at like a warehouse or something, and this warehouse has been around for a while. Well, if most the majority of their employer employees are like 50, 55, and then they start hiring, you're going to get young people in there because warehouse workers tend to be you know manual labor yeah so you get people at 20 22 23 and now you have a 30 30 fucking year gap in age so you try to you fuck up your demographic really quickly in the workplace when you got all these young people your young guns working with you know the old timers yeah and i think that kind of facilitated that in the religious because for david koresh the woman he was with had died and he was able to take over her her mantle and Jim Jones kind of did the same. Uh, he was able to take over for a guy who died. Even parishioners were like, who's this young guy in the sunglasses? And did you know the story why he wears the sunglasses? I, I never understood why he wore it. What would he was self, that? He, he, a lot of it was he was self-conscious about the damage to his eye, much like uh, Hank Williams Jr. Okay. Um, he had a, he, his eyes did not look well. They didn't like match his face kind of cause they were damaged. Damn. Um, he had a sensitivity to light as well. Uh, That's the, what I figured it was. I thought it had something to do with mm-hmm. sensitivity of light, but I didn't know his eyes were. Yeah. And then like, if you think about that iconic look of, a uh, of Jim Jones is standing there in a white suit and a tie with sunglasses on. It's like, that's very, it's a very specific look you're going for. Yeah. Is it evil? Is it good? It's very because it, it's it's kind of the contrast in both aspects. Mm. It's black and white. It's yin and yang. It's yeah. a blend between both, which is very much a reflection in his outfit as well as his church too. Yeah. And he like every time I see see a picture of Jim Jones, I'm like, this dude's a fucking shark. Like like I'm serious. Here, so when I think of it, I think of that that tail, that quint tails and jaws, and it's just like black eyes, like doll's eyes. I'm just like, <laughs> is that what's behind his glasses? Like, <laughs> there's he's got glassy just, black eyes. Just nothing there. <laughs> yeah, like it's fucking insane. <laughs> he he. Sometimes he kind of reminds me of uh, certain photos of him. Remind me so much of fucking Butterball from the Hel- uh, Hellraiser series. Yeah, with the black goggles instead of except sunglasses, the only difference. Dude, I I laugh so hard when I watch the Hellraiser movies because like, oh, yeah. I'm just like, like it's just it's all a prank call gone bad. That's how I see. That's how I see <laughs> it. Really is because like it, like Frank opens the buzzle box and they, they 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 zip his ass to hell and p- tell him to pieces and then Kirsty Cotton. Yeah, everybody pronounces it Christy. No, it's Kirsty. It is Kirsty. But Kirsty Cotton's like. 
oh shit, I found a box. And then they show up, the fucking pleasure squad just pulls in. And he's <laughs> you, just like, yo, you're, you opened that fucking box. She's like, no, I didn't open the box. Frank did. Bitch, he's I like, just saw you open the goddamn thing. You're lying. And I love the female Cenobite just walking up like, bitch, you fucking lied. <laughs> like, and then and then they just, because she's following her up the steps. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, all right, fine. We're cool. We're cool. And she chucks <laughs> that motherfucker out the window. Get the fuck off my prop. And, and then she ends up in the second movie. So they end up like, I know we're about Hellraiser for some reason, but like it, in the part two, they get the box again and Kirsty's there and like that is the best fuck you moment. It's just like, bitch, you did it again. What like the you fuck? opened the like, box again. Now we know this shit was intentional. Yeah. You lied to us the first time I mean, and now like, we know. Like that one said about like, liar. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. You <laughs> lying bitch. <laughs> God this damn is not it. Stop playing dog you think we fuck ditch. It? You think we like coming up here? You see where we live. It's much better back there. Yeah, <laughs> it's so fucked up. And I think the Pleasure Squad would be happy to get a hold of Jim Jones. <laughs> That's what I call him, the Pleasure Squad. The Pleasure Squad. I like that. I'm going to use that now. Yeah. And uh, there's some guys who are there to watch Judas Priest live. You know? <laughs> Judas. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. You know they come out and say, what? Painkiller. That's our shit. We listen to that on a loop down here. <laughs> he fucking takes a nail out. British steel, bitch. <laughs> we torture Miles Davis with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and like, so... Now I'm just pictured fucking Hellraiser, <laughs> but like with a people's temple. Oh, And they're my just God. like, this Kool-Aid is very bitter. <laughs> and just rips someone's head open and just starts drinking the blood out <laughs> in like a little tiny Dixie cup. You know, the little medicine Dixie cups. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. So, Jim Jones, he was he was heavily involved in the civil rights uh, part of his communities, which kind of made him a target um, very much so very quickly. Yeah. And... At that time in the seventies, you had to express a belief and show it. So it's kind of like picks or a different happen kind of situation. It, if you in talk the, the talk, do you walk the walk? Yeah. And he talked about in a lot of his sermons um, before they even thought about going to Guyana. He was telling them, he's like, "Hey, I'm being targeted by the police. I'm being targeted by this, this, this. But as a group, you know, we can hold it together." And he fakes assassination attempt uh, in front of his church as an example. Um, he pays two actors to come up and shoot blanks at him. Wow. Two members of a church, but they, they kind of black bag themselves and yeah. run in front of the church and they shoot him. He's got these like blood squibs. These like the blood packs. Yeah, it's makeshift. Of course. And it shows he's been shot and everybody's panicking because it's the end of the church, you know, session or prayer or whatever, and it's like your priest your priest just got shot in the fucking chest outside. <laughs> and he kind of hunches over and says, "Ah, and look and see for I'm fine." And it's just a bloody shirt with no bullet holes. And he's like, "He, he just he just said, ha, gotcha." Yeah, but he's like, "Look, I'm a healer. You know, God protected me. Look, like he shot me, but now my wounds are gone." And it's a very visceral experience. It's just like it kind of clicks on something in the brain of instinct of like, "What the fuck did I just see?" Yeah, you you just got traumatized, and now it's like your brain's trying to make sense of what yeah, occurred. And, like, and then you kind of come to the ass part of your brain that says, okay, yeah, maybe maybe that's true. <laughs> maybe he really is a prophet of God. And another thing about cults is everyone's susceptible to cults. Everyone. It doesn't matter how smart you are, how strong you are. Yeah. Anybody can be caught up in a cult of varying degree. Another version, a great story of this is Wild Wild Country, which is the story of, um, oh, what's his name? osha osho yes uh the osho cult uh and there's their whole story ma non sheila and all them which is actually a good little documentary wild wild country on netflix 
Was that the was the Yoshio Coat the one that was in Oregon? Yep. That tried to poison the town? Yeah, and the guy yeah. from Nike tried to kill him. Yes. <laughs> Holy shit, I forgot about that part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that's right, because they were trying to influence the uh, local elections. Yeah, um, the state of the town of Antelope. Yeah. Which we could go down a rabbit hole in that. But fun, fun fact about that, um, you were talking about the uh, senator who was killed. Um, Leo Ryan was his name. Yes. Uh, Leo Ryan's daughter ended up joining the cult for the Wild Wild Country. Holy shit. She was part of that, that whole mainstay. That's um, insane. And so the whole story is, you know, he's being, he's teaching these uh, sermons across the board, doing a little bit of fiddling here and there of uh, people. And he tells them, hey, you know, the country doesn't want us. He tell, he try, He's trying to create a platform of we need to get out of here and create our own paradise on earth because you know the nukes are dropping you know nukes, yeah nukes are going to be dropping soon got to incorporate the fire and brimstone to get people out the fucking door let's go yeah and, and it worked and a lot of people so he took a handful of people with him to guyana uh so i don't know if you know anything about south america and but a big part of the problem with trying to set up a settlement in south america was it's a jungle yeah and they cleared out some area to do to put the compound on the problem was he was supposed to raise food and stuff like this well a lot of these unlike wild wild country these people had no experience growing food uh, tending to gardens and the fact that the land does not breathe life yeah because it's a fucking jungle the jungle breathes life out of dead things things need to die rapidly so those trees can be fucking massive yeah for real so the dirt is bad yeah. Technically, the jungle has actually evaporated the dirt so much that it's not healthy enough to grow anything. And the amount of water they're needing, the, the heat itself. <laughs> it's a breeding ground for disease, malaria, yellow fever, countless yeah. other things. And, you know, you can get pills and everything and do all you want, but like it is bad, legitimately bad. If you saw, like, um, actually, if you, the movie The Order, I think that's what, you, what we were talking about earlier. Yes, it was The Order. Yes, and, it was. Um, and that one, they show these little these little cabins. It's not even cabins. Little two, four people in a cabin and like a ten by ten shed on stilts. Yeah. And it's just like that's that's basically what they had. These little tiny fucking little sheds, and they were sleeping in a, in a giant community area of a concrete pad with a fucking roof over it. It was like a sleepaway camp for Jesus. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of the fucking South American jungle. Just like sleepaway camp, you will die. <laughs> if anybody's ever seen that movie. <laughs> Oh man, I haven't. I gotta rewatch that, that shit. That movie did not age well. It, <laughs> Especially the ending. Dude, that movie's rough. That movie was even rough then when I watched it, like yeah. years ago. And so they're going in these little sheds here and there, and they have the giant area where they basically have church services. Now, he returned from Guyana and noticed that the People's Temple has kind of gone to shit. Go figure. Um, there's a lot of infighting, a lot of bickering about money, stuff like that. And he was able to, his wife was actually able to help him most of all uh, to kind of boot and rally everyone under the under what needs to be done. And that's when he takes uh, people down to Guyana in mass droves. Um, at the height of their at the height of their uh, compound is roughly 900 people. So 900 people living in a jungle. Jesus, and with with the with living limited conditions, food, limited water, hygiene, stuff like that. Yeah, and you know they were work. They were you know, 
it's hard work to live on a field. <laughs> like, like it, you know, some of these guys are guards, but some of these guys are like hardworking farmers and like people are trying to keep it together. People are wanting to leave. And he's just like, look, you can leave anytime you want, but, and that's the butt part. It's kind, of, <laughs> kind of a nice little fuck you. <laughs> but you won't get very far. <laughs> and just going into the event itself, um, it kind of came to a head when uh, families from San Francisco had approached Leo Ryan, the congressman, uh, to do an investigation. And around this time, this is when a lot of cults are being investigated uh, because a lot more information was coming out about some of these uh some of these organizations. Yeah. Uh, there was the People of Light Temple, or People of Light. There was, um, you had brought it up. I had done some more research on the... Uh, Anhill Kids. The Anhill Kids, but the Friends of Lost Children. There's actually... Oh, uh, the Finders uh, of Lost Children, yeah. The Finders of Lost Children. There's actually a more backward story of 1965 to 67. Yes. Of a tale of them. There's a lot of, like, David Koresh-esque, you know, Christianity cults popping up here and there. Uh, you do see the rise in, you know, not just, you know, civil rights, but the rights of younger people. Uh, yeah. Because people don't realize that when you were 18, you weren't always allowed to vote. You had to wait even longer. Mm-hmm. There's actually an amendment stating that, you know, if you're 18, you can vote. Um, and you got a lot of these people coming out of a draft, coming out of Vietnam, who are two, three years out in like 76 who are just so disenfranchised people who are done with the American people because ready to leave. Yeah. You got your like, like John Rambo's, you know, you're just like, I came here and got spit on. Fuck that noise. Yeah. There's no point in me staying here. Why don't I just isolate myself? Yeah. And I think, I think the seventies are a very unique time for the United States in the grand scale of things because it's the die the dying of the counterculture has had begun a group of new people had started, you know, up and coming who were born in the late fifties instead of the 18 year old 60, 60s kids. And it was just old disillusionment because it was yeah. in, you know, the, the, it seemed as though nothing was adding up and nothing made sense anymore. Yeah. And I love the scene. Like it, it, it plays out pretty good. So from 69 to 70, you have a lot of uh, cults and murders, a version of satanic panic, if you will. Yes. Early versions of that, of like, hey, these guys, this cult out fucking. The, the fucking hills of California are just fucking murdering yep. people, you know. And that goes all the way to the East Coast, you know, a lot of fear, and it doesn't ramp back up until the 80s, until evangelicals get into politics, but... Uh, Go figure. And you had a mini version of Satanic Panic, almost. And then, I, you know, I look at it, I have to look at it as kind of like, you know, a visitor of like, why does this not make sense? Why is everyone being real fucking weird all of a sudden in this decade? And it is the disillusionment, you know, the hippie generation have kind of said, fuck it, I don't want to be a hippie anymore. I want to be able to have a house and feed myself. And yeah, and have kids, up. stuff they, like that. And they, they change. They be, they become what becomes the 80s Republican Party. Uh, but people, Such like, a change. Yes, yeah, so, but, it, but it's the disillusionment of like, hey, you know, we fought the good fight, but I kind of want to work a job. <laughs> yeah. I'm realizing I'm money. broke all the time. I have nowhere to stay. Yeah, I, I have no goals, aspirations, etc. Yeah, like, there's a cool scene in the movie Boogie Nights. Uh, Classic. Classic Heather, William H. Macy. Heather Graham is hanging out with Julianne Moore, and they're both freaking the fuck out. Yeah. And it's a great kind of like story of kids, you know, the older people who, who grew up in the 60s 
and become full adults in the 70s. It's like, goodbye, 1979, hello, 1980. And they just do a fat fucking line of coke. And it's just like, all right, now it's time to pick your fucking shit up. You know, it's time to pick yourself up. And it's a good example of that whole fucking decade. Because uh, it's like remember, a breath and a scream, that yeah. expression. Yeah, it's, it's got, like, the whole scene plays out what, how the 70s ended and how the 80s began. It's just yeah. like, will you be my mom? Yeah, I'll be your mom. And it's just like, yeah. oh, fuck, this is visceral as shit. Like, yeah, it, it's <laughs> this is kind of scary. It's a reflection of the culture in a smaller uh, aspect. It's just like, even William H. Macy dying at the end of the film. Yeah. Like, it's, it's the same thing. It's one it, part of him died in the 70s, and the rest of him doesn't really get to live into the yeah. 80s. And I think that was one thing about Jim Jones he was able to capitalize on is this fear of the unknown coming into the new decades because he's playing on a lot of fear of the geopolitical world. Yeah. Um, some stuff happens. There's a lot of things that happen. Uh, there's a lot of terrorist attacks in the 70s that people don't realize, like uh, the plane the, bombings and stuff like that. The uh, hostage crisis in uh, Lebanon as well yeah. They when they took over the plane. Yeah, and then uh, you had the Munich Olympics. Yeah, the uh, massacre, basically. Yeah. There's a great movie called Munich. It's got a. Uh, I've seen it. It's a great movie. Munich's that is a very it's a good rough movie. movie to watch. Very, especially when he chokes out that one bitch, and it's just like, God damn. It it was it was that gritty though. It was that yeah. fucked up? And uh, you know, then you have something they don't really talk about in the '70s was. The United States allowing Israeli nationals to come to the United States to hunt Germans. Um, yeah. So you have a kind of a disillusionment of what the United States is responsible for. Plus, you know, you hate, I hate to say it, but Jimmy Carter is a fair weather president. You know, of all the good he does, you know, in the, in the mid to late 70s, he's not really uh, economic, you know, on the economic front and financial front. Like, he is very, like, lackluster. Terrible. Yeah, and like we had inflation so bad back then. Yeah. I mean, gas crisis as well. And you got to worry about you know the structure of you know the understanding of your, you know your country yeah. is. Can the president commit a crime? And no, the of president course. can't commit a crime because there's no there's no basis of law against the president of the United States, and you have the disillusionment of an entire group of people coming in with the hippie generation who are just like. Oh yeah, he fucking lied. He committed he committed crime. Like he he facilitated crime. And if it can happen at the higher office, it can happen anywhere. Yeah, and it's just and it's a giant disillusionment across the board with these fair weather fucking politicians who are trying to do change. And I think that's kind of what's fucked up about uh, the Leo Ryan story is you know he was trying to make a positive difference and help these people his constituents which you didn't really see a lot and you still don't see it a lot today yeah of, you know congressmen doing going the extra mile and, and just trying to appease their people and actually do something and it's not even an extra mile it's you know it's his job to help his citizens <laughs> it's so bad that we have to say it's the extra mile yeah. though because then that just goes to show how often people in that position of power do anything for anybody who put them there yeah and i I can only imagine what that's like because I can only go by what I know. Yeah, uh, and we've you know we've talked about George Bush. You know, I lived through the Clinton years, the Bush years, the oh, B Rock, <laughs> the Trump years, and you now we're going to the Biden years, and it's just like I could kind of see where they're getting a dissolution, dissolution from, and because in a way it's kind of like repeating the past. Yeah, and what's fascinating is, you know, you talk about conservative Christians in the United States are evangelicals and they're very not that they're very non-Christiany on certain parts but yeah 
He was. He was a liberal. He, you know, he was Christ-like where Christianity comes from. And I think that's what kind of makes the turn uh, for conservatism in the United States was this is like a, they see this as a bastardization of Christianity. And also a bastardization, and like on the other side of the aisle, it could be like a uh, perversion of the hippie culture too, Mm -hmm. in a way, building that commune. Yeah, and we see that now with... uh, you know conservatism now yeah uh, of how they want to run things and how they want to create like a nationalist system well it comes off kind of fascist <laughs> very much so you know <laughs> and i could see the opposite doing the same thing it's it's, it's false hope um you know, one thing I've always said is, like, when it comes to Democrats and policy, they don't have teeth. They don't. They don't they're not sharp enough to get what they need. And whereas uh, Republican policies, no, three rows of razor sharp teeth. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a shark versus a guppy. Yeah, and really, it is. And you know, the Democrats. I'm not saying the Democrats aren't at fault here, but in this situation, it's Democratic president. Yeah, and it's and not just that. It's it's a very heavy red state area. Like Leo Ryan, California, people don't realize, has a lot of red state type tendencies. It does. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger was a Republican. I mean, and Northern California is a notorious Republican hub yeah. in that state, too. Yeah. And, you know, with San Francisco being right there, uh, this guy doing a kind of perversion on what you believe in the conservatism. Yeah, I could see how that could be a problem. Yeah. But going back, going to, he's go, so he, he gathers up his followers to go to Guyana. Now, not all of them go. Uh, there is a large group of, uh, group of members that are still staying back in the United States in various areas. Now, the fucked up thing was they were told, they have uh, the leader of each area kind of had like a fail safe measure just in case it came out that Jim Jones had died for them to kill themselves across the United States. Fucking A. Like that was that was actually a part of the of some documents that got left behind. Wow. So he had started he had created this fail safe for a very long time. And one of the things he trained his people to do would be at night. And this is the white night training. So at night the intercom would come on and would say, White knights, white knights, white knights and people would gather to the center where the uh, the over like the canopy and everything was, the uh, I'm trying to remember what it's called pavilion pavilion. They would go into the pavilion and first off, looking at some of these videos, the guards are facing the people and not facing the outside, looking for the danger. They're they're ready. To, anytime you see that, you already know it's you're not escaping. Yeah, you're it, not getting the fuck out. You're of this. being contained in this till this is done or till you're fucking dead. In this case, yeah, and it. It bothered me out the gate when I first started watching some of these things. Same. Uh, and he would basically do what Saddam Hussein would do. He said, there are people here who don't want to be here. And let me hear you speak. You know, speak up. Tell me what we can do better. And it's basically a litmus test on some of these people who are just like, yeah, I'm going to kill you. Just say, raise your fucking hand so I can kill you. Yeah, that's that's really what. And what got me though was just the the presence he had in those videos too, sitting there on that chair on the stage. So he's raised up and looking down at everybody. So you have to look up at him. You know, it, even just the physical standpoint of that was intimidating. And what's really what's really pretty neat um, is the way um, he moved around. 
So there's a there's a psycho- psychological measure when it comes to when you're watching someone move. Yeah. Um, he's very energetic in his in the videos of the church. You know, he's moving around. He's moving around the pulpit. He's moving around the aisles. He's talking to people. It, I compare preaching to watching a music show, um, a live music venue. Yes. So especially after Pentecost and they got snakes in their hands. Um, <laughs> Interactive. Um, and. I can kind of see the allure of that, yeah, of, of drawing you in as being part of something bigger, and then while that's going on, you're not really listening to what he's saying. Well, that kind of goes into um, uh, I, I'll make a Family Guy reference. Uh, the scene, the episode where Lois is running for mayor, and 9/11. Adam Eleven, <laughs> and Adam, but Adam West before that, when she before she starts saying nine eleven. He sits down onto Mort's lap and is just talking to him about how important a question is. Doesn't exactly answer it. Doesn't ex- he's yeah. saying nothing but like a, saying like everything. A, like a gubernatorial debate. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's like, hey, how would you solve the water crisis? That's a great question, Maria, and thank you for asking that question. I know a lot of people here want to hear the answer. Exactly. And when I say that shit out loud, I just sound like a politician can be literally. A scam hound at a circus, and it's the same concept though with a, a preacher in Jim Jones's position too. With this, he he has them in the palm of his hand. He doesn't have to say anything revealing or really go in depth. As long as they, he's got the room captivated, he could say anything he wanted to at that point. Yeah. So going up before he takes everyone there, he he was in the Ukiah area of California, uh, and this is where he started boot and rally and support right for his uh, thing because he had gone from. Northern California, all the way to Redwood Valley, California, wow. which is a totally different area. Yeah, and he was able to, you know, build his congregation by up to 140. Um, and he considered these people the 140, which were older members, as the most loyal of his followers going into the whole um, situation. Um, now, there's a there's a phrase they say here, uh, apostolic apostolic socialism, which is what he he preached. Which is, you know, love thy brother, lies thyself, stuff like that. Stuff we grew up listening to in church. Yeah. But on a daily basis, which is socialism. Yes. Um, you know, you help those who need help. And I love, there's a, ver- there's a version of this. There's a show called Letterkenny on Hulu. Of course. You've seen this? Uh, yes, I've, I love Letterkenny. And he has a lot of, like, sayings, which are just perfect. He's like, someone asks for help, you help them. And I'm just like, that's the golden rule. Of anything, really. Of anything, and yeah. that's perfect. Yeah. And like, I would go to a cult in Canada with these fucking hicks. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, he said, now this is where he kind of breaks off from the uh, Protestant and Catholics, is he said the view of God is not real. Almost saying that God himself isn't real. And it kind of worries his followers a little. It kind of shakes them to their core that he's saying this. He's been preaching about God. He said, no, 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 no. Our idea of God is wrong. And he tells them, I know the truth. And that's when you kind of like reel him back in. He's reeling them with bait of what they basically, he's he's affirming the stuff they used to know and saying it's not true, but I have the truth. You've been told this whole time, which is a great way of recruiting someone on your side. It's like, no, it's okay for you to be wrong. You've been taught wrong. It's not your fault. In a way, it's like a Socratic method. I know now that I know nothing. It's like he's playing off of that concept for people. Because that's kind of what the people would walk away with. Yeah, the concept that what I've known before is bullshit until he spoke. Um, so he had wrote a book. 
the letter of Killeth, and it got circled around a little bit in the Christian mainstream, but it was also saying that the King James Bible is not the Bible. Uh, it supported slavery, yeah. capitalism, stuff like that. And in a way it does. There's a lot of uh, misquotes in a lot of the Bible sometimes. People use the Bible to do whatever they want. Yeah, it's and slavery, slavery was very much a part of that. Yeah, um, very much. He described the sacraments as being unholy. Uh, he kept certain practices from the Catholicism, such as eating and drinking the blood of Christ, the body of Christ. Um, and then he failed the the entrance for the uh, IRS to the church. <laughs> he kind of failed that. Damn, son. And I, that's where I kind of see a conspiracy line, seeing this guy who's preaching against other churches. <laughs> and then he's, he's, he's literally preaching. And he's got a... Pen, a a temple of people who are black, white, Hispanic, Asian, all being cool with each other while these other all white other churches are just like Nah. Nah, fuck that noise. Yeah, that's not cool, man. That's not a real that's not a real church. You see we got a thing working. Why are you deciding to change it? What the fuck is your problem? Yeah, it's one of those things. I didn't even know that he didn't register with the IRS to be yeah. a real church. Damn dude. So he he believed in a uh, kind of a ra- uh, radical like racial war that was coming much like charles manson but his wasn't his was to get everybody together instead of trying to ignite the flame yeah so his was he believed that white supremacists and neo-nazis would band together to kill black people and for this congregation it's very important to know that hey these people these people are coming after us but together at people's temple we'll be fine yeah jim jones got our back no one can stop jim someone tried to shoot him a while back he survived. He survived. Um, and he, he kind of delved, he kind of goes into the deep end of communism in like a religious way. See, that's what always drew me to him. He has communist beliefs, but he also has that like splash of American conservatism. In- so that, uh, there's, there's the disconnect again. Uh, American conservatism is a lot different than Christianity. Yeah. Christianity, Christianity teaches us you know, to love thy neighbor as thyself. That's it. Yeah. You can sing every psalm. You can read every book. It comes down to that. You know, just be good to everybody. And legitimately good, not just fake, this fake bullshit. Yeah. And there's the disconnect between American conservatism and most likely a version of socialism, which is everyone's equal, equal equity across the board. Everyone has a chance. Now, you will fail, but you had the chance. Yeah. It wasn't like we didn't give you a chance. Yeah. Um, so he, he kind of admits that he's an atheist in 1976 uh, wow yeah so Jesus. he spoke to us, uh, another parishioner on the phone a former parishioner and uh, I think his name is like John Keir but uh, John Keir had said hey hey man how are you doing you know I know everything's kind of tough and John Keir was actually one of the first people there when he started the People's Temple uh, in Indiana so when they went to San Francisco um, he saw the waning faith because you know they had came back in 1963 or was it 19, yeah, 1967 and that's when the church had started to divide again after you know his trips had been going out yeah um, and he had done an ear- interview with someone from the New York Times a little bit later in 1977 and they kind of called him out on his atheist beliefs and still doing a, a temple like our church and part of it is redacted just because 
Um, <laughs> wow. And there's I, a lot of there's a lot of stipulation of what he said about his religious beliefs and his religion altogether. But in other words, it's believed that they redacted a part of the uh, interview, which was, "I'm doing this for the money." Which I actually remember uh, the one of the documentaries I was watching on Jonestown that was mentioned. That that was mentioned um, in the context that it was fact. So yeah. that's fascinating. And I think what kind of goes goes hand in hand with that was when he goes when he moves to the temple to California, he starts doing illicit drugs. Oh fuck! He starts taking bennies, um, oh, benzodiazepines, no. and a lot of uppers uh, because he believed that he had to be available all the time. Um, yeah, so he has to be awake constantly. Yeah, so a little bit of coke, <laughs> benzodiazepine, and he's fine. He's got the Forrest Whitaker eye, but he's cool. He's got sunglasses on. Yeah, and he's bopping around like Hitler, man. <laughs> Show you my moves. <laughs> I call this the Jewish robot. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it runs on the power of the German. Um, so he kind of, uh, while he was you know, suffering from you know, a version of paranoia from illicit drug use, he had made an enemy of the Ku Klux Klan. Um, people don't really talk about this part, uh, which I kind of don't like when they talk about the, the scope of Jim Jones, was he had called out the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, no and, shit. And around this time, David Duke was kicking around yeah, uh, this, from North and South Carolina. This was basically David Duke's like later years, like still his heyday, but his later Prime heyday. Time. Yeah. Prime time David Duke. Strong and in charge type of shit. I have no yeah. idea who that man is. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he, he, they had kind of accumulated some threats from you know KKK chapters across the United States. Of course. Um, and a lot of that being in the Northwest, coming down from California, and I don't think people kind of kind of understand what the Western side of the United States is. And Oregon, especially Oregon, was a huge hub for the KKK yeah, on but, the West Coast, and like going into like the woods of Idaho and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Fun fact, Idaho produces the most porn stars. Uh, <laughs> yep. Then they invented OnlyFans, and now everybody can fuck for money. God damn. Wait, hey, listen. All right. I got paid good money when I did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paid my rent. Paid my rent, yeah. <laughs> Like and subscribe. Uh, my penis paid it's my rent. How many of you can say that? We'll list his OnlyFans in the description. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it say, uh, Dr. Quinn Medicine Man, I think is what your name was. <laughs> it's all just really themed on a sitcom. <laughs> it's, it's We do sitcom-themed pornography. Yep. <laughs> the Brady Bunch is just a big orgy. Oh, <laughs> Everybody's of age. Everybody's of age. <laughs> yeah. That's another fucking weird ass like I never understood the Brady Bunch. I'm just like two of those teens are going to be fucking each other, dude. Okay, constantly. you're not the only one that thought that same shit. Okay, because you know I watched that because there was a version of uh, the Brady Bunch that came on later called Step by Step. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, I thought and the same people, shit those, when I watched those people that. People were fucking each other. hundred <laughs> percent. The the way they interacted, it was way too intimate. <laughs> so, uh, as part of you know his right before he goes to uh, Guyana, he has tried to start a kind of like a commune in Redwoods. Um, in Redwood Valley in California, and it was being targeted um, by what he perceived were the Ku Klux Klan. Actually, it was being targeted by the local municipality because he was breaking the law. Because <laughs> um, he wouldn't pay property taxes. 
Yeah. I don't care. I don't care how badass you are. I don't care if you're fucking Lex Luthor, the fucking Joker, or goddamn Ted Bundy. The IRS, they'll take you down. I mean, after all, what does the IRS spell? Theirs. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, motherfucker, you owe me. This, this, is, this is mine. <laughs> this is mine, or we your kneecaps are mine. We put down that syphilis red and capone, we can put you down. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't go to jail for no murder. He went to jail because he didn't pay us. And he started to, you know, because of his paranoia, he kind of uses started using some uh, version of discipline on his uh, parishioners and uh, flock, um, <laughs> where he would sit them in a room by themselves and he would go in the room and sit there and make them pray. He'd force them to pray. And it was basically uh, younger women, um, women with a child or something like that. And he had a fascination with molesting these people. Jesus. Well, no pun intended, but fuck, man. Yeah, um, wow. And to kind of prove how much power he had, he would coerce, he would coerce these women uh, to have abortions. Um that's that wow that really flips yeah. the whole concept of being christ-like or even christianity at that point in time in american history on its head like completely. Well, actually actually in the christian bible even the king james bible there are parts in there that says a, a baby is not a baby until it draws its first breath uh they're very there's a lot of stipulations in the bible there's actually no thing about abortion itself the the herbal tea concept where they yeah. were they had to make a certain tea to drink in order to yeah. flush out the yeah. fetus and I guess, I guess it's just people who are not reading, like, the rules part of the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> like, Leviticus is nothing but fucking rules. It, it really is. You, you can't eat bacon-wrapped shrimp. You can't have long hair if you're a dude. It's, it's ridiculous. It's the fine print of the Bible. And it's the fine print of you don't want to be a pescatarian. <laughs> or no, hippie <laughs> There's no fun in this part. You skip over if you want to have yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about it before. Like, uh, they, they didn't like chair, uh, crop rotating. <laughs> and I'm just like... That's, this goes into a lot of other dumber fucking rules. <laughs> Did you guys think before? Okay. <laughs> so he started creating an urban expansion program, which in, kind of includes like a security force, uh, much like the people from uh, Rajneesh Param. That's the name of the Wild Ball Country. Yeah, right? the Rajneeshis. The Rajneeshis had also had done the same thing uh, later on when they when they started to ramp up. Yeah. And uh, I just think it's funny that, you know, as soon as you start waving guns around as part of the church, I'm just like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like a lot of people would be like, I'm not cool with this. Yeah, this is kind of... A, I'm just wondering what the people who stick around are thinking. You know, like, ah, oh, this whatever. That's fine. I kind of figured it was going to get to this step. I will say, the Rajneesh Peron people, they look fucking fly. And they're fucking peach and burgundy red fucking vests. With, with fucking machine guns. So Uzi's and fucking aviators on. The, honestly, that was probably the most stylish cult I think I've ever seen in yeah. my life. Can you like just that'd be like a shaft villain? Free <laughs> yeah. so love, motherfucker! Bam! <laughs> 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 oh fuck my you, god! Shaft blood coming out. Fuck you, shaft! <laughs> <laughs> you tell Ma not she. I'm coming. This is possibly the greatest Dirty Harry movie that never was a Dirty Harry movie. It's, How many bullets did I count? You got six shots, motherfucker. <laughs> or even Death Wish too with Charles <laughs> with got, Charles Bronson. Same yeah. concept with the uh, the third film with the the whole group of punks that oh, fucking. God, I tried. Oh god, I showed that to Alex, and he was just like, "What the fuck does that guy look like?" And he's got like a mohawk, but it's like a comb over mohawk. Yeah, and everybody's got the uh, face the, paint. Yeah, the face paint. With they the look eat. like they look like they should have died in the Warriors. <laughs> For, yeah, they look like one of the Warriors gangs. Yeah. Oh shit, is that the is that the Midtown Riffs? <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> nah, they ain't funky enough. 
fucking enough. The Turnbull AC is no one so up. I think about that movie almost every day for some fucking reason. That is such. That is a. You know what? That is a another film that needs to be talked about more. Someone posted a picture of the uh, face painted baseball guys. Oh, and, the baseball furies. Yeah. yeah. And someone's like, "Hey, what's their name?" No one's and no one's answering. I'm just like, "It's the furies." Yeah, the baseball furies. My, my favorite gang was the fucking either the Midtown Riffs or who were the dudes on the rollerblades? Turnbull ACs. Thank you. That's okay. I wasn't sure if that was them or and not. Yeah, the orphans. The orphans were only in there Pussies. briefly. Yeah, they didn't even fight. They had the most number, but they didn't yeah. fight the warriors. The best ones were the Lizzies. Lizzies were the Lizzies. Famous, famous fucking line. Oh shit, the bitches are strapped. Bam! <laughs> Just knocks <laughs> her the fuck out. That oh scene God. was great. I laughed so hard watching that the first time. God, I kind of want a sequel to be made. I don't think that shit would fly this in this period of time just because of the first fucking thing that's said. Uh, um, what are you, some kind of... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, oh, God, it, it's so good. Me and Brad fucking... Such a classic, dude. Talk shit about that movie because we saw Alex in West Virginia, that movie, and I'm just like, it's such a good movie. I just love the fact that the dude that is in the Rogues, the leader of the Rogues, is come, uh, still had an acting career 20 oh, yeah. years later in The Crow. Yeah. Well, he, he becomes the, the leader of the rogues is also the guy who kills Chris Rock in The Longest Yard. Holy shit, yeah. And he plays that same character in the original Longest Yard from, with Burt Reynolds. He's he's reprising. Same, yeah, he's just reprising his role. That makes a lot of sense, because the bandana he wears, too. Yeah, yeah. he's in a shit ton of movies. He's in John Wick. He's the guy who picks up the dead bodies. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. This is I didn't weird. even realize the connection, but... yeah. Uh, but going by this real fucking gang, the first people's gang, <laughs> the temple, the pe- t- people's temple gang, TPG, TPG, represent. Oh shit, the preacher is strapped. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, their urban outreach problem. They you know they were rocking with rifles and shit down to fucking LA trying to recruit people. Oh yeah, we reaching out. Yeah, and you know some people don't realize it. So like going into like the scenario they're in. Not long ago before this, Ronald Reagan was the governor of California, and he had passed a pervasive gun law in California where you can't open carry. Yep. And that that is astonishing, like what we think of what a Republican conservative thinks of guns. And it was the outlaw of open carry in his state. And especially a conservative Republican of that magnitude, not only a president, mm-hmm. but just his views are still shared even today. Yeah. Um and he kind of like, in 1971-72, he kind of uh, occupied an old Scottish Rite temple um, in L.A. Which <laughs> Just had, took it over. <laughs> yeah, took it over. Uh, and people don't really talk about that part because it's, it's mainly the focus of the Kool-Aid and the death. They forget all the other nasty shit he did beforehand. <laughs> like, I'm just picturing somebody coming back and be like, what the fuck? There's people in here. Hey. <laughs> and... Uh, as he moved around L.A. He, from in the Watts Compton area, uh, that's where he got a large number of his recruits uh, or uh, members uh, was in that area just because of the violence and the uh, poverty level had had started to rise. And also, the police department wasn't exactly yeah. helping in that area. Was it though? Like, it's I have a whole theory about the police violence in trees. I'll, I'll love to talk to you about that one. Yeah, <laughs> love to have that the conversation. The lack of trees causes more violence. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, it's really hot. <laughs> there's no shade. <laughs> yeah. And it starts with that diner scene for fucking Pulp Fiction. Be cool, bitch. Be cool. <laughs> We're going to make like three Fonzies. <laughs> <laughs> Be cool. And so he goes down to, um, I'm just going to go ahead, a lot of the faith healing and the fundraising had kind of uh, built up 
uh, kind of to a plateau in California. And keep in mind, this is you know the later end of the '70s, and so a lot of people are coming home or you know hearing these stories about people having to be deprogrammed and stuff like that. Um, you know, election is coming up in two years, two three years. So there is a belief that the country needs to take a dip, uh, you know, a longer dive um, on what it needs to do. So with anti-communist fervor kicking back up in nineteen in the seventies, yeah, um, it. Do you know what happened in Greensboro, North Carolina, right? Regarding the Klan and the communists. Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, yeah. that 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 is kind of the symbolism of what I kind of example of why he needed to leave is because he was teaching you know more communist values through Christ and then making a fucking target by the Ku Klux Klan by targeting them, and so it kind of came to a head point, which kind of forced him down south to South America. It was either you stay here and fight a fucking war or you yeah. run. And like just going by the map itself, you know, Ukiah is right it's still like miles above Santa Rosa, which is, you know, miles above San Francisco. So he basically hit the whole fucking state of California from Ukiah all the way to uh, Bakersfield and Los Angeles before Shit. he decided to finally take off. Um and going into, you know, the congressman Going down, he you know he 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 takes up the mantle of going down south, um, and I find it astonishing that Jim Jones didn't shoot him right away. Uh, and like, if you think about think about this for a second, like nowadays, if you were to shoot a senator, the amount of fucking just political parts aside, let's say let's say someone popped off a senator one time. It's... Especially nowadays, the media coverage would be insane. There'd be a nationwide manhunt. And if you go yeah. into international areas, there would be pressure for yeah. that government to give them up. And I'm just thinking of, like, a local politician just trying to do what's right by trying to... <laughs> but like, he, he literally tried to do something right. Yeah, and just ends up getting fucking capped for it. Just yeah. clipped right from the start. And what, what astonishes me is he goes down there in November... Right before Thanksgiving. He's there for, I think, two days? Yeah, um, two days. He meets with everybody, and he literally says out loud with Jim Jones, he's like, it looks like everyone's here happy. And they start cheering because that's what they're told to do. And it gives off an ominous vibe because if you look at the video, Ryan is not smiling. He's cheering, but he's not smiling. There's no joy in his eyes. Yeah, like you see, if you look at the video, he he's just clapping his hands and thanks... But he's got a stone-faced expression. Yeah. I remember and he, that. And he thanks Jim Jones for the opportunity to come down here. And the same as with Jim Jones. It's a stare-down. Yeah. The whole time. Because it's the night It's the night of before they die. It's the eve of the night. And so they pack their stuff, and they bring some people with them, people who wanted to leave. Uh, and what is kind of heart-wrenching about this is one of the women who wanted to leave had their kid with them. Now Jim Jones's wife is there uh, while this is going on, um, and she's freaking out because she's taking the kid, and she's just freaking the fuck out. Yeah. So as they arrive to the uh, as they're drove, driven to Kachia Port, where's where they die, um, the video footage of that is kind of astonishing. 
have you have you seen it? Uh, yeah, that, that's one of the most prevalent things that sticks in my uh, yeah. memories. And so Ryan is killed along with his assistant. Uh, a few of them scatter to the wood line and survive. Yeah, which I think is kind of crazy because like they were taking AK rounds to the back and they lived, which is very unlikely in yeah. a, in any scenario. Um, that's a five five seven round. That's going through you. Yeah, and so it's very. It's a very unique story. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I just think I'm just like it's very otherworldly, almost like yes. they did some kind of divine intervention in a hopeless situation, especially in a cult like that. You know, normally people who try to escape a cult are killed violently, like especially with the Ant Hill kids. Yeah. Um, so he, what people don't realize is like Leo Ryan was trying to get the Georgetown guy on it, which is a port south of. Jim, Jim Town or whatever, Jonestown. Jonestown. Yeah, Jim Jonestown. Ours is better. Jim Town. Jim Town. Why does Jim hate the magician? <laughs> um, and it comes to a head. He he does the White Knights that morning. Fuck. And this this congregation had built up to over a little over nine hundred people, and. When they do the count, they do count Senator Ryan in the count of dead bodies at the airstrip. Um, Jones ordered his congregation to drink a concoction of cyanide-laced grape-flavored flavor aid, and all 900, or 918 people died, included 276 children. And another part of this, this includes four people at the temple headquarters in in Georgetown. See, I didn't know about that. Yeah, so this is what I was talking about. So they had relayed information to their offices in the states, and those people were beginning to kill themselves. Holy they were in their shit. process of that. There's actually one woman who survived. She said, "Like, hey, you know, I saw this lady telling us we need to kill ourselves," and I, she said, "No." And the lady's like, "Okay, whatever." Yeah, like, uh, how how far are you actually going to carry that out? Especially with not having the pressure of the man being there. And, you know, a lot of the people who rejected the the drink uh, were injected with cyanide. Um, so a lot yep. of this was forced mass murder. Um, Even children, infants, because they couldn't drink it. They, they, it's fucked, dude. Yeah. Um, this was considered the greatest loss in uh, American life till 9-11. Really? That? Yes. The Jones, known nine hundred people. Holy shit! I would have thought there was some other event. I didn't. Yeah, uh, but it is considered the largest, uh, the largest mass murder of Americans. That's fucking insane. Yeah, that's fucking insane. And Jesus, you're talking about nineteen seventy eight all the way to two thousand one. That's a jump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a wow. That's. And we're not even talking about all those kids who were killed by Satanists who listened to Metallica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know three in, three in fucking Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> That's just... It, it gets me because I'm thinking about that these people devoted all this time and all this life to this person who was just mooching off of opportunities, targets of opportunity in every aspect, both from a physical sense of like breaking in essentially breaking into buildings or finding plots of land and not paying any property tax on it to just mass murder 
he he like segued and it he listening to the gradual rise of his uh stance as the leader of this group it it really puts into perspective how much power he actually had i mean if you have the power to not only get 900 people to either kill themselves or be killed by somebody that's loyal to you and then have countless others distance away do the same thing yeah that just says the psychological hold he had on people yeah and uh what's crazy is you know the aftermath of of all this uh going into 1979 the state the stateside churches still existed congregations were still meeting up until 1979 uh and then the because uh, it was reported that Jim Jones had asked that the any funds from the church after his death were to be left left to the Communist Party of America. Wow, I didn't. I actually didn't didn't know there was that sort of contribution from him. Yeah, and so going into um, like the suicide itself, you know, this became a kind of a, a staunch point against people like the Branch Davidians. The Seller Temple, Umshinrikyo, Heaven's Gate, you know, kind of put a spotlight on what Americans are looking out for, in a very really fucked up way. Yeah. And I kind of, you know, I think about like timeline wise, like I don't, uh, I kind of see, that's how I see everything when I talk about stuff in the past. I've realized that you yeah, kind so, of set it up, start from the beginning. So 19, to the end. 1976, California. Ted Bundy. Yeah. Is out and about. And the fact that all these prolific figures don't meet each other at some point, I feel like is fucking insane. You know, I, I kind of think of it as like a Quentin Tarantino film, where mm-hmm. it's like three films are happening at one time: Jackie yeah. Brown, Reservoir Dogs, and Pulp Fiction are all happening at the same time. There's three different stories that are prolific in American yeah. history for the worst reasons. But they Mr. All, Orange looks a lot like a guy who's holding up a diner. That yeah, for <laughs> real, for real. Like or that, or you just see like randomly. I, I just I have this image in my head of Jim Jones bumping into Ted Bundy and like Ted Bundy saying oh dude I'm sorry and then continuing on his day just yeah. just little in uh, idiosyncrasies like that and I think about that because I had saw a photo once of Butch Cassidy and Sundance with Theodore Roosevelt and a couple other big people in history in a group photo like Henry Ford what the fuck? It was at an excursion area, like a conservationist like hunting lodge or whatever. Wow. And apparently all these people are in the same room at the same time. And I'm like, what the fuck? How did this happen? <laughs> and like somebody has a photo of the picture. I think it's fake. But I'm just like, it's very, a very elaborate photo to have these people, you know. It's almost authentic, too, and it's in its delivery. And, and well, they're all around at the same time. Um, and, you know, you have other people, you know, kind of kind of moving around uh, in the late 60s, early 70s in these same areas of Indianapolis and everything. Um, California especially, where everything was happening. Yeah. Um, so the so what happened was within the receivership of the whole, whole temple itself in you know, uh, Red River, Red River Valley, it was finally destroyed during the earthquake in the 90s. Um, but that's how long they had it. They had it until the 90s of the earthquake. That's that's fucking nuts. You would think that the uh, the state government would shut it down or they would close it down just from all the controversy. So it had went into a receivership of an attorney, and he held the rights to the building itself. Gotcha. Um, and because it's a church, it's not an asset on a personal end. Yeah, um, that's true. And if he 
you know, if he files the paperwork as a church, and there's still congregation members that were still going. Not everybody moved to Guyana. It no, was, it was like a select group of people. Yeah, all, almost a thousand people. You know. Wow, I didn't. I didn't realize their numbers were still. I didn't realize their numbers were still that prevalent. Yeah. So, uh, as of 1989, the Loma Prieta uh, earthquake um, destroyed the original headquarters uh, of Jim Jones and the People's Temple. Wow. Uh, as of right now, a, a post office that's there. <laughs> it's a post office. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, you just walk in there one day, get ready to send a package. It's just a pair of black sunglasses sitting on the counter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what's crazy is like there are there were a handful of Guyana uh, members who stayed after the massacre who lived and didn't leave until about May of seventy nine. They still I, tried to make it work. I remember hearing about that there were people that went through to check the bodies to go like the last few that didn't die. Yeah. Um, there were some Guyana nationals among everybody. It, it's another thing I've heard. I don't know if that's a rumor or if that's a um, just like you know a hoax or some sort of delusion of grandeur. Um, and this kind of goes into like the thought process of what's had that had to be going on in some of the guys that were there. Of I have to kill a child. Why is this right? I mean, yeah. there's even uh, audio footage. Uh, audio records of one of the one of the women actually challenging him and arguing with him back and forth Mm. and him getting visibly and verbally irate he he first saw his mother yeah he he i oh it's disturbing it it really is like i'm just speechless thinking about it because it it lives like you know talking about it really Mm. brings it to the forefront of my memories because it's 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 very visceral yeah, because uh, we'll, we'll talk about some other ones, some other cults that, especially like the Ant Hill Kids, which that's just fucking brutal. Yeah, it is brutal. The LDS, and yeah. their involvement. Um, but I think Jim to- Jim Jones People's Temple is the big one because of the way it was handled. Because uh, you know people don't know who the Ant Hill Kids are. People don't know who Um Rikio is. You know, yeah, people, people people go in these blind. I I try. I think I explained uh, a cult, the Solar Temple cult, to someone, and they had never heard of it. And I'm just like, yeah, probably not because it's not as it's not Jim Jones, and it's also not uh, the cults that you mentioned too, especially the uh, Ann Hill kids as well. weren't really based in the U.S. Yeah, they were in Canada. Yeah, they were a Canadian cult as well. So it's like when it's not happening, like you know, down the road, next door, you know. To, Figuratively speaking, of course, it doesn't seem like it's our problem. That's somebody else in a different place. But when it happens right here in, you know, the U.S. of A., suddenly it's at the forefront of everybody's memories. It's it's, it's at the forefront of everybody's fears, especially in that era with the fear of cults and the beginning parts of satanic panic. And also begins an investigation into um, what the FBI was doing to try to infiltrate yeah. Some of these groups, uh, especially uh, local agents of like the police department and stuff like that, because uh, one of the facets of uh, the, the uh, Rajneesh Param was uh, they had a man on the inside. Yeah, they had a uh, some, they had a undercover cop that was working. Yeah, um, and it's that's another fascinating one. I would I'll love to discuss, but likewise. Um, but yeah, so that's the story of Jim Jones. Yeah. Uh, don't trust 
Bobble up at Adventist, I guess. I don't fucking Especially know. if they wear black sunglasses. Oh, God. <laughs> White clothes and black sunglasses. He looked like a Mexican George Jones. He did look like a Mexican. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, it's just like him, him spare, instead of divorce, it's apocalypse. And he yeah. A P O C A L Y S P E. All my exes live in Guyana. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Just slap a cowboy hat on yeah. him. Boom. There you go. Country record of the year right there. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> just, the version of, just the version of uh, I Don't Want to Play House. He's got <laughs> over 100 it. hits, but all of his most devout listeners are all dead. Yeah. <laughs> Coming to you live with 900 hits. <laughs> oh, my God. God. <laughs> Sponsored by Flavor Aid. Because you know Kool-Aid's too expensive. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. You broke motherfucker. <laughs> he, knock, he doesn't come to the wall. He just knocks. <laughs> hey. And he's not in a pitcher. He's in a fucking, like, a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> he's it. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. A bowl that's got a crack in the middle yeah. that you don't know if it's about to shatter. Yeah. <laughs> the Flavor Aid chick. <laughs> the flavor- you guys like chairs? <laughs> and it starts waking a pack. <laughs> just starts popping pills halfway yeah. through. <laughs> oh, oh, Benny. I got to take my benzos to combat the amphetamines I'm on. So, you know, as we you know, we sit here in 2022 joking about this. How 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 do you think people nowadays are susceptible to cults with the way they're going now? Uh you would have to use a lot of social media like Nexium. Um, what's that? Like the Nexium cult. Yeah. I, I you know, I I heard some people mention them um and that they utilize that, but what who exactly are they? It's it works kind of like a uh, multi-level marketing scheme. So is it kind of like a pyramid scheme, or kinda, is it? But it's a, it's about attention. They they do a lot of love bomb. They do the same thing every other cult does. They they, they drag you in, love bomb the shit out of you, yeah, and isolate you from your friends, and then that's it. It's like an abusive relationship. <laughs> that, that's really that girl, uh, Allison Mack from Smallville. Yeah, the blonde chick. Yeah, she was part of it. What the fuck? And apparently, there was like a lot of sexual assault and stuff going on. But like with every cult. <laughs> yeah, but like I was just uh, the right. When I see stuff like that, I'm just like, how is this still a thing? Because there's always somebody that's susceptible. There's always an outsider in every mm. uh, culture, in every country. There's always somebody that doesn't feel like they belong, and that mm. society kind of kicks them to the side. Yeah. And sometimes they do it themselves, and other times it's just society failing them to where they need to find some other way to express themselves or be part of a larger conglomerate. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I think a lot of, push-pull mechanic when it comes to cults nowadays yeah like you said you need to have a lot of social media presence you can't give out the full bag um, um, online i mean <laughs> like we, like some like a good version of this is scientology no yeah. one no one knew what the end of scientology was until someone until trey parker matt stone's like it's aliens yeah because they, they talk to people who have made it to that like it's a ladder like it's a ladder religion and once you get to the tippy top that's when they're telling like hey yeah I'm gonna tell you about the aliens that's like uh, if you ever watch the uh, the Leah Remney yeah. um, that whole thing kind of goes in especially the Sea Org people yeah the Sea Org uh, funny funny fucking story about L. Ron Hubbard he had a jazz fusion band yes and like what the guy who's doing the review of like his stuff, he's like, "Dude, you should have stuck with this. This is rocking." And I, I've actually I've listened to it, and it 
fucking kills what was like it called? that the, shit. The Apostolites or some shit. Yeah, it, it, L. Ron Hubbard and the. I think it was. I think it was L. Ron Hubbard and the Apostolites or something of that sort. It, it had that you know cliche name, but dude, they were fucking killing it. It was like Kim. It was like, like King funk Crimson. Jazz and shit. It was like King Crimson with a little bit more funk. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. And I'm like, why the fuck couldn't he just stay with this? It's even like uh, Charlie Manson had songs that he wrote, and it's like, dude, why couldn't you just stay with this? You would have been like a, another. You, you would have been. On, on par with, um, I'm trying to think of an artist to compare him to because he can't. Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> you guys like Coke and, and the conga line? Mike, I need you to learn this didgeridoo. <laughs> Mike Love, eat your heart out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Char- need 12,000 didgeridoos. It's Charlie, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, on a, on a back end of that, I can't think of any other cult that would be as prevalent as the Manson family going to the Jim Jones between those two timelines of like 1971 all the way to 1978. Kind of goes into the saying when one door closes, another one opens. Yeah. Except they're not trying to shoot presidents. They only shoot congressmen. <laughs> Listen, we haven't gotten to that level yet. Yeah, I mean, we're not that level. <laughs> that's, you know, we're here. That's all the way up here. <laughs> I'm just, like, I can just imagine, like, you know, just Charles Manson being like, oh, yeah, we love the fucking Beatles. The White Album's the shit. And Jim Jones <laughs> is, like, putting on a record of, like, Skinnerd. <laughs> I'll tell you what, this fucks give me better three than the steps, Beatles. Give me three, <laughs> three steps. steps. Back the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, he's just, just doing, listening to fucking second helmets, needling a spoon while he's just fucking doing bennies. And just like, come here, bitch. I gotta talk to you. And then as she's walking across the fucking room, he changes the record and he puts on uh, <laughs> Always on the Hunt. That's, that's a fucking badass song. That is one of my favorite Skinner songs. I heard, uh, I met Arnold's pal. Did you really? Yeah, in Statesville, North Carolina. And he came to this restaurant I was working to play. Dude, that's awesome. And they did On the Hunt. And I'm in the oh. kitchen cooking french fries. I'm just like, man, that's a badass. I got to take a break for a minute. Man, fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> man, I don't fucking need this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my favorite Skinner songs playing. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, we'll uh, wrap up here. Uh, yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, again, this is Chris with uh, Quinn uh, for the Cryptic Conspiracy Cult. Uh, Again, uh, hit us up in the Discord. Let us know what you want to hear next. Uh, we do have a plan, but you know, plans change. Always open to suggestions. We need a rotating third to make the conspiracy real. Yeah, <laughs> somebody who's lived it. I seen it. I seen it. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll play. Uh, what is it? A secret Hitler. A secret Hitler. <laughs> the game. It's a real thing. Are you serious? Secret Hitler is a game. It's how you teach people about fascism. Wow. It's great. There's a lizard Hitler, and it's fucking fantastic. I, I want to meet reptilian Hitler. <laughs>